Welcome to LiveTrader.com podcast. The content here is for informational purposes only, should not be taken as legal business text or investment advice and be used to evaluate any investment or security or be directed to any investors, potential investors, and LiveTrader fund. For more details, please see LiveTrader.com forward slash disclosures. Positive black swans in the day and the magic of staying in the game. Now, just about everything you learn in school about life is wrong. In fact, schools don't teach you how to handle adversity or how difficult it is to start and scale a business. The long-held assumption with our industry age, outdated education system might very well be this. Being well-rounded is the secret to success. You see, when I was in first grade, when I came home with from school with two A's and B plus and three B's, I was doing just fine and my teachers loved me. But then I had a streak of having an A plus and five C's. Boy, I was in trouble both in school and at home. Fast forward a few decades from those school days and I think about decisions that you make today about which stocks that we pick, which restaurants to visit, or which dentist to go to. How often do you look for someone who is actually quite good at the things that you don't need them to do? How often do you hope that your dentist is a safe driver or a decent golfer? 10 years ago, I read a book that changed my life. It was called Black Swans by Nicholas Nassim Taleb. I actually don't remember that in one quick moment, it changed the way I thought about success, especially in the investing world. Now, my hope is that the next minute or two do the same for you when you think about investing or trading. I want to change the way you think about investing and cutting losses early. Now, most gurus out there will tell you need you need to trade more to try harder. Get more trading and work hard. For instance, Do- study hard and put in more hours in trading the markets they implore. Yeah. Then why do investors less motivated so-called trade more than you succeed? What? Why do individuals less talented than you win? Involves understanding the architecture of optionalities and believe it or not it means trading a lot less than you do now now strategic optionalities is the secret of successful investors entrepreneurs and organizations reactive cutting losses or investors who switch between strategies are the bane of those who strive and fail to get what they want and most people do just that they quit cut losses when it's painful and stick when they cannot be bothered to when the fundamentals of markets have changed. Now, there are two curves that define almost any type of situation facing you as you grow your portfolio. A couple of minor curves cover rest, but, but understanding the different types of situations that lead you to cut losses prematurely is the first step towards getting what you want. Curve number one, the dip. Now, this is actually coined by Seth Godin, Godin in is- his book, The Dip. He mentioned that almost everything in life worth doing is controlled by the dip. And at the beginning, when you first start something, it could be a business, trading, investing, or sports. It's fun. It could be golf, piloting a plane, or starting a consultancy firm. I must admit, it's more than fun. Everything seems interesting, and you get plenty of good feedback from the people around you especially friends and family and over the next few weeks the rapid learning you experience keeps you going whatever your new thing is it's easier to stay engaged in it and then something happens the dip happens golden added the dip is the combination of bureaucracy and busy work you must deal with 
in order to get certified in dentistry or scuba diving. The dip is what separates the easy beginner technique and the more useful expert approach in trading or fashion design. The dip is the long stretch between beginner's luck investing and real accomplishment. The dip is set of artificial screens set up to keep people or the 95% of bad traders from profiting consistently. When so in when school, organic chemistry is a killer class where most people at time go to medical school would quit because academia do not want unmotivated people to enter med schools. So you cannot go to med school if you cannot handle organic chemistry. Now let's relate this to investing. At the beginning, when you announce you're an investor, you get all sorts of feedback from the markets, both positive and negative. Your grandmother couldn't believe her good fortune because you helped her to buy a fruit-shaped company 20 years ago, and now it's the most valuable technology company in the world. But soon, that incredible grind of handling the ups and downs in your portfolio kicks in and you realize the stocks you bought are doomed. Any experienced medium to longer term trade of leap option or long term equity anticipation would understand the first few weeks or months of investment that is not getting anywhere. Remember that the stock you just purchased and the stock you're hoping that it would go higher is just not going anywhere. There's no getting around that. But if you stretch out the time frame, you can, you can allow the stock to go finish its consolidation period before it starts taking off where the returns can be enormous. Now, if you happen to go to any trade shows, you see dozens of companies trying to break into an industry. Most invested time and money to build a product and then a marketing organization and then rent a booth. All in all, trying to tap into a huge and lucrative market. Fast forward a few years later, most don't return. Most of the products are discontinued and some of it is gone because they are unable to get through the dip. The same thing happens to people who dream of the untold riches and power that accrue to the owner of early stage investors of Uber, Tesla, Airbnb, Facebook or Alibaba. Private jets, TechCrunch events, fancy country clubs. Who wouldn't want to live like a modern-day royalty? Of course, if you look at a portfolio venture capitalist or portfolio manager, you see that he endured a 3-5 to five year dip before having that exponential growth in total portfolio value. For 5 years, he needed to suck it up, enduring emotional ups and downs, and skip that Mediterranean summer vacation because his money is in the markets, day in and out, year after year. Now, it's easy to be an investor. What is hard is getting to be the top 1% and having a few time baggers every few years. There's a huge dip along the way. If it was easy, everyone would quit their jobs and start investing with their paychecks. Emotional intelligence in investing, as we've seen, is the secret to becoming the top 1%. If there wasn't a dip, there'd be no scarcity in this skill, which is one of the most lucrative skills on Wall Street. After going through a couple of dips in my trading career, I found that successful investors don't just ride out the dip. They don't just buckle down and survive it. They lean into the dip. Because when you're in the dip, 
it doesn't mean that you have to quit investing or cut losses early. Dips don't quite last as long as when you wither them. For those who are more well-versed in the investing universe, you would know that markets go through consolidations and breakout phases. In other words, when markets are in narrow trading range, they often change their rules as they go. Curve number two, the cul-de-sac. Now the next curve will be called the cul-de-sac or French for date end. It is so simple to understand. I don't have to draw a chart. It's a situation where you invest and put more money into a company and nothing much changes. It doesn't get a lot better. It doesn't get a lot worse. It just is. Take for example the railroad industry or airlines where margins are razor thin. When a company's revenue has stalled, there are usually a few opportunities for employees to grow their own careers. On the other hand, if you put money in an autonomous driving car company that might drive transportation costs lower, it is the opposite of the cul-de-sac. It could be a positive black swan investment, which I'll explain more later in this episode. There's not a lot to say about cul-de-sacs, except to realize that it exists and to embrace the fact that when you find one, the chances of capturing positive black swan kinds of returns will be closer to zero. And that's it. Now, the two curves you need to understand as an investor. You have to understand which curve the companies you're invested in is sitting on. Over the years, sticking with dips that are likely to pan out like early years of Tesla, Twilio, Netflix, Workday, Zoom, or Alibaba. And create the cul-de-sacs to focus your resources. And that's it. Curve number three. The cliff. Rare but scary. Day trading, it turns out, were designed by brokers and fake gurus to be particularly addictive and entertaining. If you were to going to draw a chart of pleasure of making a few hundred bucks over time, but having the black swan race like blowing up the account when there's a market crash over time, it would look like this. Investment management is not art. It's not science. It is engineering. Same goes with cigarettes. It turns out were redesigned by scientists to be particularly addictive. Except the nasty and scary drop off at the end, otherwise, otherwise known as asemia. Smoking is a marketer's dream come true. Long-time smokers know it. The pain of quitting just gets bigger and bigger over time. It is a situation where you can't quit until you fall off and the whole thing falls apart. This is the very reason why people have trouble quitting because most of the time, the other two curves are in force. Curve number one, the deep, and curve number two, cul-de-sac, unlinear. They don't spoon-feed you with little bits of improvement every day. They're just waiting to trip you up. In 1906, Wilfredo Pareto discovered the Pareto principle or the 80-20 rule. If you look at the most destructive earthquakes, they are many times more powerful than all smaller earthquakes combined. Now Einstein might have created a power law or name it because the exponential equations to describe severely unequal distributions. It might define the investing world that we usually don't even notice it. 
Now, venture capitalists aim to identify fund and profit from promising early stage startups. They usually raise money from institutions and accredited investors and pull it into a fund. If you take a look at a typical venture fund, you can also start to see the power law taking place where usually a handful of startups succeed and most fail. Most venture-backed companies don't IPO, most fail. Professional investors know that with a portfolio large enough, the companies that fail, mediocre ones, staying flat and the good ones usually return 5 times or 10x the investment. According to a power law, only a small handful of companies radically outperform the rest of companies in a typical venture fund. Now, interestingly enough, pursuing a few companies that can be overwhelmingly valuable and you often miss out on those rare companies in the first place. Most venture funds have a 10-year lifespan and every VC know that a spray and pray approach is a surefire way to have a portfolio of flops instead of building a portfolio like a Jacob. The key is to be psychologically prepared to lose. Investing in innovations has a date. The difference between a mediocre investor and a great investor is an inborn talent. It is the ability to push through the moments where it is easier to cut losses and quit. Now you see, running a marathon has a dip too. It's way more fun to complete a marathon than drop off one. And the entire process is built around many people starting while most people quit. Now the dip creates scarcity, especially in the disruptive innovation investing game. And scarcity creates value. It is easy to complain that the advice of investing is brain dead obvious. I mean, who doesn't already know that the secret to success in investing is to stay for the long run and that you shouldn't cut losses in the face of dips and seeing your account balance drop. You don't. That's the bad news. When because when your account balance drops, it is emotional. At least I call that a dip. The good news is that Wall Street haven't picked up on this emerging tech yet and Wall Street hates new emerging tech. So, so if it is a disruptive technology, there's probably a dip. Thanks for listening to this. Catch you on the next round. I hope Thanks. you enjoyed this episode of Wall Street Secrets. And if you're on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other podcast, please subscribe to this to get future episodes. Consider the Live Trader Network. More than 1,500 alumni, more than 15 countries around the world. Find out more at tradeonwallstreet.com. Thanks for listening to the Live Trader Podcast. If you like what you heard, please leave a rating or comment on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. Plus, you can get future updates for email and future shows, transcripts, video tutorials. Just visit our website at livetrader.com.